Welcome to the Word of Life podcast, a ministry of Word of Life Church, located in Lesseur, Minnesota. From sermon audio to midweek content and much more, we hope you are blessed by what you hear. For more information or to donate, please visit wordoflifemn.com. Now, enjoy this week's episode. Good morning, Word of Life Church. Oh, man, I'm not sure you guys are quite ready for this morning. Good morning, Word of Life Church. Good morning. Thank you. Yeah, there we go. Uh, big thank you to everybody who's joining us on our online campus. Thank you to everybody who, uh, who could come out today uh, and be with us uh, at our Lasur campus. We are super excited to have you here. Um, let's see, Nick and I, I don't know if he told you that we just got back from Destination Duluth, hanging out with a bunch of teenagers, and it's just, just great being up there and, and getting back. Um, I tell you guys this all the time, I'm a selfish little sinner, and, um, and the truth is, I like to be liked. So when we go on these trips, I mean, the, the, the worst thing that I have to do is tell, tell kids, no, I hate doing that. I hate doing it. The best thing is after we're done with one of these trips, you know, I meet, we meet a bunch of teenagers, and then all of a sudden, like, you know, or maybe from me speaking someplace, I get on, on my phone, and I get on to, like, you know, Twitter or Instagram or something like that, and then all, I, I get all these new, you know, like, follower requests, and I'm like, that is cool. Right now, I have 61 un, <laughs> unresponded to follower requests. That's super cool. Because I like to be liked. I'm not entirely sure how it would go if, I, if, I, if every follow request that came by, I accepted and said, you can follow me, but if you do, you have to unfollow everyone else. <coughs> I'm not entirely sure I would have much of a followership, certainly not amongst the teenage crowd. Um, But in a sense, that's exactly what Jesus does in in this text today. Today, as we're talking about re-entry and as we're talking about just kind of like the the process in which we are re-entering life, we're going to hear Jesus say some of the hardest, most un-Jesus things that you could ever possibly hear out of the mouth of Jesus. And one of the things that he says, and he's going to talk about, you know, is the cost of discipleship. What's it cost to follow Jesus? What does it cost to follow Jesus? Well, if you have your Bibles, check it out. If not, it's going to be right up here. Uh, Our text today comes out of Luke 14, starting in verse 25. Reading in Jesus' name because it's God's word, not Now great crowds accompanied him, that's Jesus, and he turned and said to them, if anyone comes to me and doesn't hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. 
Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and, and, and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and wasn't able to finish. Or what king, going out to encounter another king in war, will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, any one of you does not renounce all that he has, cannot be my disciple. I literally, while I was reading it, just got another follower request. Here ends the reading of God's word. If anyone doesn't, if anyone wants to follow Jesus and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters and even his own life, that sounds like the most un-Jesus thing ever. I mean, Nick just started the service by telling you what we say all the time, that you are loved, that God loves you, that Jesus loves you. And we talk about it all the time, and we want to make sure that you know that. Why? Because we need reminders on a regular basis, because some of us have trouble remembering that we're loved. Some of us look in the mirror and we say, I don't look very lovable today. And so when we hear Jesus, from the mouth of Jesus saying, well, if you want to be my disciple, if you want to be a follower of Jesus, if you want to be a Christian, you got to hate everybody. I think that would be one of those things where it's like, I don't know, Jesus, that doesn't sound like you. Do you need a sandwich? You getting a little hangry? Is this just a bad day? You know, and it's true. I mean, like, you know, he's in a big old crowd and lots of crowds are starting to follow him. But when we hear the word hate and when we hear Jesus say, you got to hate your mom and your dad. Well, that sounds terrible. You know, you got to hate your wife again. Seems completely inconsistent with the rest of the Bible. You got to hate your children. That also just sounds a little like nails on a chalkboard. What is Jesus saying? Now remember, this is a Hebrew audience, and Hebrew audiences hear things in a Hebrew way. And so one of the words for hate is the word sane. The word sane has this, has this kind of textual meaning that is different in different contexts. And so when, when you're talking about hating idols, that means like hate, like we think of hate, like hate and loathing, like I wish you were dead. No, you know, like that kind of hate. But when, when the word sane is used within the context of family, it's it's more along the lines of a priority. 
that the priority of your love and loyalty and relationship is such that you love some more than you love others. And so what Jesus is saying, he says, you got to hate your, your mom, hate your dad, and hate your wife, and hate your kid, brother, and sister. Guys, this is not giving you permission to hate your brother. Well, Jesus said to hate my brother. No, no, that's not what he's talking about. What he is talking about is he's talking about a priority of relationship that next to Jesus, that Jesus needs to be the number one relationship in our life. That he's saying, hey, if you want to be a follower of Jesus, it's about loving the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. He comes first. And even that is difficult for us. I can tell you, my kids understand this completely perfectly. Why? Because my kids all know that Heidi is my number one. And that she comes way before any of the kids. Way before. If the kids ever try to like, you know, kind of say, well, you know, you know, put me and Heidi against each other or anything like that. No, 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 no. Heidi always comes first. Date night is always Heidi and I. Not, not usually Heidi and, you know, and the kids going out or something, you know, it's, and so the, the relationship priority is always, you know, Heidi is always my number one. When it comes to what Jesus is saying within this context, when he's saying, you got to hate your mother and hate your father, what he's talking about is he's talking about a relationship priority that says, if you're going to be a follower of Jesus, he's number one. It just sounds really hard to our ears. Matter of fact, it just gets really hard. Because then he says, oh yeah, by the way, you don't need to just hate all your family. Not only does Jesus come before all of them, but that Jesus comes before your life. Yeah, Jesus comes before you. I find it very easy to love myself because uh, I'm a selfish little sinner. And so I have a tendency to put myself first. But what Jesus is explaining about being a follower of Jesus is that if we want to be his followers, if we want to be his disciples, that the cost of that discipleship is he comes first. He comes before mom. He comes before dad. He comes before your wife and he comes before your kids. and And he comes even before protecting your own life. And many followers of Jesus Christ have died for the name of Christ. And that sounds really hard. When you're talking about, you know, like counting the cost of what it means to be a disciple, counting the cost of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And Jesus says, what's it cost? Oh, it costs everything. And then he gives a couple of illustrations. He gives this great illustration of, hey, which one of you, if you're going to build a tower, who doesn't want to build a tower? That sounds like a great idea. Let's build a tower. Doesn't first sit down and just kind of like do a quick tower budget. You know, and um, I don't really want to do a, uh, build a tower that much, but I would love a swimming pool. So, you know, if I, if I said to myself, oh, I really want to build a swimming pool, 
because towers aren't really my thing. How much is it going to cost to, you know, like to dig the hole and, you know, they, they can bring in some, you know, some fill and then you got the whole swimming pool, you know, liner thing. And then of course you got to, you know, have the, like the filter and all that stuff and the plumbing and and then I gotta, you know, you know, then I gotta build a deck around it, maybe. And then there's the cost of lumber. And then there's the cost of inflation on that lumber. And then there's, you know, you go back to next week, and the lumber's even more expensive the next week. And you're like, oh my goodness, where's this budget going? And all of a sudden, I realize as I look at cost of putting a pool in my backyard, and I'm like, I don't have enough money. Well, how much is it gonna cost? Everything. Everything. He gives the illustration of a, of, a, of a king who's going out to war with a neighboring kingdom. And, and, he, and what does he do? He sits down and he takes a look at what's it going to cost. He's got like 10,000 troops. Okay, can I, can, I, can I be victorious against 20,000 troops with my 10,000 troops? I, I don't know. The, the smart decision is to, you know, like send an envoy out ahead nice and early and parlay for peace and just say, hey, what's it going to cost? Because going up against battle will cost everything. Now, I got to tell you, as I look out on your faces today, there's not a lot of smiles. The deeper I get into this text, and the more I keep talking about how much it costs to follow Jesus, and I keep on saying, how much is it going to cost? It's going to cost everything. I got to tell you, the looks on your faces are more along the lines of a terrible message, Pastor Jay, and I don't really like it. I kind of like the whole, like, Jesus loves you part, but the whole, like, hate your brother part is a little rough for me. I'm betting it was the same way as crowds were following Jesus. Everybody likes to be liked, and yet Jesus... It seems to just be a giant buzzkill. How much does it cost to follow Jesus? I want to be honest with you. Jesus wanted to be honest with the people who were following him that day. How much does it cost? Everything. Everything. For some people, it costs their family. For some people, it costs them their lives. How much does it cost? It costs everything. And if you're anything like me, sometimes you have to just say, that's too much. Like, Jesus, I, I don't know if I could do that, I don't know if I can, I, I don't know if I can, God, I don't know if I can put you first every day. I don't, I don't know if I can put you before my wife. I don't know if I can put you before my kids. I, I love them. You told me to love them. Thank God there is one who did give everything to make us a disciple. You see, 
That's exactly what Jesus did for us. What did he do? He left his father in heaven to come down to earth, to clothe himself in humanity. What did he do? He left his friends and his family. What did he do? He gave everything. He gave up his authority in heaven to to be humbled in humanity. He gave up his life. He gave his life so that he might give life to us. He paid everything so that we might receive salvation. He paid it all so that we can be his disciples because our discipleship and our relationship with God is not based upon how well we can, you know, put God first, but it's based upon the fact that Jesus Christ himself paid everything, gave everything so that we might be called children of God. And so as we hear Jesus say, that the cost is everything, and we stand humbled and say, I don't know if I can pay that. He says, it has been paid in full for you. And that's what we celebrate as we, as we celebrate communion. As we celebrate communion, we, we see that that he has given everything. And he continues to give everything to us. As we celebrate communion, he's going to give us his body and blood. He's going to say, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. He's going to continue to give us his blood and forgiveness. He says, this is my blood, which is, you know, which is shed for you. Do this in remembrance of me for the forgiveness of your sins. Our Lord and Savior Jesus has given everything and continues to give everything to us. And so we find ourselves, just like it says in Galatians you know, 2.20, that we have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. In Christ, he is our number one. In Christ, because of what he's done for us, we are, we do carry our cross because he has died for us. And we, by grace through faith, are in Christ. And so the life that we live, we live in Christ. And he is crucified for us. And so the life that we live, we live by faith in the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. That's the good news. The cost is everything. The cost of being a Christian, the cost of being a follower of Jesus, the cost, the cost is everything. It's all of who we are. It's a lot. 
But Jesus gave everything for us that he might make us his disciples. And that's what we receive by grace through faith as we believe in Jesus and what he's done for us. Let's pray. Lord God and Heavenly Father, we come before you with praise and thanksgiving because you're awesome. And even when you say things that we don't, that just seem crazy to our ears, Lord, we believe you. We believe in you, Jesus, and what you've done for us. And so we confess to you, Lord, that it's really hard for us It's hard for us to think about giving everything, but you gave everything for us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for giving everything for us. It's in your name we pray, Lord Jesus, our Savior. Amen.